This term also identifies ranges of weight that have been shown to increase the likelihood of certain diseases and other problems. Um, and then for adults, overweight and obesity ranges are determined by using weight and height to calculate a number called the body mass index. And BMI is used because for most people it correlates with their amount of body fat. Um, so here um, it says an adult who has a BMI between 25 and 25, 29.9% is considered overweight. And an adult who has a body mass index of 30% or higher is considered obese. And then in this table, so it shows like for height, here's the weight ranges. So for how, how you know whether or not, so it's not about being thin necessarily, it's about for your height, what body fat percent, percentage range should you be in. And that's how you, I mean, that's just medical professionals all over the U.S. all agree that that's, that's how you know. Are you healthy or are you not? So, um, and if you want to know these numbers, you can talk to me afterwards and we can figure out if you're in the right range. But So then I wanted to go through, like, a few U.S. obesity trends. Um, and I thought some of these percentages were really shocking. About one-third of U.S. adults, which is 33.8%, are obese, which means they have 30% or higher body fat, which is a lot. Approximately 17% of children and adolescents aged 2 to 19 years are obese. And then this just um, breaks it up into different age groups. I think the worst one is children 2 to 5. 10.4% of our population is obese. I think that's really sad, and that says a lot about um, our culture and our environment. Um, so to give you a little bit of a picture, we're going to take you through some slides that display obesity in the U.S. from 1985 until 2010. And so blue is on the low end. It's a cool color. It's on the low end of percentage for body fat. And you'll notice it just keeps doubling and doubling until 2010, until it's like in the red zone, which is the complete opposite, which is severely... So if you just watch these slowly change... And as you can see, like, it just, it dramatically increases as the years go on. It's like it started out with almost none, and then, and then you go in 15 to 19% majority. And now you're talking, like, 19%. Now 20%. We're getting into the 20%. And then we're going further. So 30 and higher. Last one. And then we end 2010. So the majority of people are overweight. So why is our U.S. citizens overweight, like Americans? Why are we overweight? Well, what does our culture teach us? What does our culture say to us? And what they've actually shown us is like we need to busy our lives. We need to go, 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 go all the time. So we don't have time to prepare the meals we should be eating. So we get fast food. And it's like we have supersized ourselves. So fast food culture serves up supersized Americans. And this is from the... American Psych Psychological Association and Artists. This is an article from that, and this is a quote from that. And it says, It's important for us to look at this from a public health point of view, where we're not concerned with how overweight an individual is, but how overweight the population is as a whole, like we just saw. Genetics is what permits the problem to occur, but the environment is what actually drives it. And like I said, it's busy, it's fast food. Get it and go fast as you can. And we've just taken it, and it's like we get in our culture... Next one. Unnutritious food reign. 
We have decided to go mass-produce everything so it's cheap, and then we get this highly processed, refined food that's not even alive. The serving sizes keep increasing. I work at Starbucks, and we just recently got a Trenta for a cup for iced teas and coffees. It's the bigger size. So every place, like McDonald's, you see it supersize me. You know, but even Starbucks, like they're pushing for the bigger sizes. Um, and the food industry has run just completely amok with their advertising. And like one of the big things for this is you look at the cereal for kids and you see, oh, it's good because it says whole grains on the corner. Did you actually know that you're feeding your kid a candy bar with the amount of sugar in that cereal? Okay. Um, hold on. Or yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Next one. I did. I put it up. Okay. So, uh, no, you didn't. Next slide. Physical activity. You didn't talk about that. Oh, sorry. Yes, sorry. I was like, what are we talking about? Physical activity, yes, is a big one. Like I said, go, go, go. You went from walking places and like having active jobs, like where I work, I'll walk at Starbucks. But most people sit at desks and they drive even short distances. And so nobody walks even anymore, and they tend to not do anything physical, like manual labor, as much anymore. So it's mainly desks that they sit at. So so what does the church say about this? And it is interesting, Linda, how you brought up like the pastor. Um, the American Christian church as a whole does not place an emphasis on taking care of the body. We place emphasis on alcohol on drugs, on sex, on, you know, you name it, all these other things, but we don't really look at our body as a whole. So, go ahead. So, uh, the culture, uh, where our culture goes, the church tends to follow, pertaining to health. Um, there is actually some studies at the end, uh, in the back of all the workbooks that you guys can take a look at later. Um, just some interesting facts like religion obesity and these are done by the secular world like one of these is done by Chicago Sun-Times and religion and obesity study links church and being fat so here's a quote from it warning spending too much time at church may be harmful to your health a new study has found that young adults who frequently attend religious activities are 50% more likely to become obese by middle age compared to those who don't take part in any religious events, period. That's amazing. Um, and then here's just some other ones, just articles that are back there that you can look over. Frequently churchgoers, frequently fatter. And I love this one. Lard, have mercy. So... <laughs> Alright, so now we're going to get into what the Bible says. So hopefully you all have Bibles, and if you don't, there's some over there. Um, so we're going to fill in the blanks. So what are we talking, what is the sin that these scriptures are talking about? So let's read, um, how about you read it at your tables together, and then you talk about what you think the answer is. And then we'll read through them, and then we'll discuss it.
So go ahead and put the first up, and then go to the next reference. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, those two, just do those two yep. right now. No. Just the two that are shown on the first one at the moment. Yay. I know. I keep hitting my head. <laughs> Has everybody had a chance to read both verses? And look through them, discuss a little bit. So what's the word we're looking for in our blank? What is the word we're looking for in the blank? Yay! <laughs> you guys are so smart. Um, so I think we can all agree that gluttony is a sin, yes? So we don't need to talk about that? All right, good. So um, the next point, your body is a temple. Our physical bodies are precious, and we're created as a dwelling place for our creator. Most of us pollute our temples by eating too much food and the wrong foods. Um, and I just wanted to go through a few scriptures that talk about this. First Corinthians 3.16 says, Do you not know that you are, are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? And First Corinthians 6.20 that says, For you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. So um, our physical bodies do matter. They were created by God. And like um, my mom said earlier, that it's a gift. And so we need to take care of that gift. It's very special. So here's at this point, we are going to correlate the mind-body-spirit connection here. So um, Don Colbert, he's a doctor, had his own practice for over 20 years. Um, He wrote The Seven Pillars of Health and several other books. Um, we'll talk about a little bit more about some of his points, but this is a quote from him. He says, gluttony is a spiritual problem first and a dietary problem second. And the next one, Bethany. Gluttony is simply a lack of temperance, which means moderation of self-restraint, specifically referring to eating and drinking. So what are we worshiping when we are overindulging ourselves on food? (laughs) What do you think? So go to the next one. Yeah. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to read through some verses here. Um, I'll, we'll just read through them real quickly. So. Romans 13, 13 to 14 says, Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. So basically, when you're um, giving in to impulses to eat stuff that you probably shouldn't, you're basically gratifying the desires of the flesh. So you're not putting on um, the Lord Jesus. 2 Corinthians 7.1 Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. And so when we're eating stuff that's not nutritional at all, we're basically contaminating our body. And so they're telling us here in Scripture not to do that. And then it says perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. And so reverence is like um, a, a picture of like worship and awe. And so we abstain from food and we protect our bodies because we want to worship God. Philippians 3:18-19 For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with mindset on earthly things. I think this is just a good picture of their God is their belly and that's basically a good description of gluttony and how that's a picture of people who have mindset on earthly things, which is not what we want to have. So the answer to the question is, you're worshiping food. Or as you said, pleasure is a great word too. Um, we are gratifying the desires of our flesh. Overeating indicates walking in the flesh rather than the spirit. Because you are trying to, you're not looking at what God wants. You're looking at what your body wants, you know, your flesh. You're, you're like, I want to eat this, trust me. I have, I have an issue with this. <laughs> the issue is not food itself. But when food co- becomes an idol and distracts us from the purposes of the kingdom of God. And um, this is Galatians, the... by the way, not Genesis. Oh yeah, I meant to change that. Whoops. Okay, um, so I'm just going to read little parts of this. So, like, how do we do this? Then he says, "But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh." For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Um, and then if you skip down, he lists all the, the works of the flesh, and idolatry is one of them. And so I think gluttony is a perfect example of idolatry, when food and pleasure becomes an idol instead of um, God. And um, drunkenness I highlighted there too, because that's usually in the same passages with gluttony. Um, I think those go hand in hand. And then if we live by the Spirit, let, let us also walk by the Spirit. So I think that's important. Like We need to be walking by the Spirit, and that is what's going to keep us from gratifying the desires of our flesh. So like I said, the next one we're going to be talking about is the law of moderation. Because I have a tendency, if you know me, to be extreme as much as I can with everything. So I've really had to work on this for myself with moderation and everything. Click on the next one, please. Um, so Proverbs 25, 16 um, it says, you know, if you eat too much honey, you're going to throw up. <laughs> like, that's what it says. Like, it's just a great proverb, because it's true. Have you ever tried to eat too much honey? Don't do it. <laughs> okay. Um, nothing eaten or drank in excess is beneficial for you. It's not. Um, 
1 Corinthians 10.23 I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. So it's like, you can do that, but it's not beneficial to you. It's not good for you. So you shouldn't do that. And like that is, like I said, one big thing for me. Um, in my spiritual walk, in my physical health, there's a correlation for me that is so big that like I just can't get past it. I just, I see it. When I am doing well and I am walking in the way like I am in my Bible, I am reading and I am really focusing and like... Uh, what John said was stress and stuff, and giving that to God, at that point, I can really, like, it just shows in my health. Because I'm watching what I'm eating, I feel better than, and it's just like, it all correlates for me. Um, and discipline, for me, has been a really big struggle in this, personally, in this area of my life. And it's like, so I've really, really tried to come down on it. And, like, spiritually, when I am with God, like I said, and I'm reading the Bible, I tend to be thinner. And it's nothing about being a certain weight. It's about how I feel overall. And it just seems to happen. So. Question. Um, so if we're going to uh, eat for sustenance rather than pleasure, I guess that's the idea. Yeah. I guess there's some things we can do, you know, watching um, serving sizes like Mark mentioned. It's almost like you have yeah. to scale your body away your food out or something. And then slowly, and what else can we do practically speaking to? Well, we're going to go through that um, in just a little bit. I think it's important to say, too, in the New Testament, it does say that, like, everything is okay if you ask God's blessing on it. So, like, we have freedom to eat everything, and that's okay. Like, last night is okay, but what I said earlier is when that becomes your everyday life, which many people, that is how they eat every day, that's when it's bad, and that's when it's a sin. So it's okay to enjoy food. It is. But it just, it can't take the place of God, basically. So, and then the next slide is actually what we're going to talk, and we're actually going to connect, like, what John asked. Um, Well, first of all, we're going to answer the question, and that is, this is a spiritual issue. It is. When it comes down to it, it is a spiritual issue when you are overeating and obesity. Yes. Um, And I think I heard, overheard Michael talking about before that this is an overflow of the heart, and how gluttony is just like an overpouring of a deeper sin issue. And so for some people, their sin is gluttony. That's the way they gratify the desires of their flesh. Some people, they're workaholics. Some people, they drink too much. Some people watch way too much TV. So it can come in any ways. And so it's it's actually addressing the heart issue, which is walking in the flesh and not in the spirit that we need to do, rather than necessarily cons- being as concerned with like overeating in general. So... And we all have room for improvement here, <laughs> just so we're clear. <laughs> so, um, like I said earlier, Don Colbert wrote this book called The Seven Pillars of Health, and this is just a practical way to just walk through and just, first of all, educate yourself, um, and then second of all, like, how do you practically do this, you know? So, like, educational, just facts, and then actually practical use. So, the first one is water. Now, water is the most foundational aspect of your health. It is. Um, Your body is made up of 70% of water. I know if you've heard this, uh, at least your body. Did you know that your brain is made up of 80% of water? And your blood is approximately 82% water. Most people go walking around in a constant state of dehydration. We're always dehydrated because we're not drinking enough water. Um, In the Bible, like... 
they understood it's in the Old Testament. They found that water, those wells, they named them and they guarded them with their life because they knew how essential that is to their health and their life. Um, So how much water should you drink? So take your body weight, divide it in half, and that's the amount of ounces you should drink a day. So for me, I'm roughly 240 right now, so 120 ounces of water in one day. And I do it, actually. So so it can be done. You just have to be... <laughs> so the next a pillar... It's not, it's not as much as you think. Michael, you probably go more than me, or as much as me, with your coffee. Because the coffee actually... Yeah. Yeah. So the second pillar is sleep and rest. Okay. <laughs> so sleep is essential. Most people, like I said earlier, we're so busy, we busy our schedule so much, we don't actually give ourselves time to sleep. And the optimal sleep time is seven to nine hours for an adult. So seven to nine hours is what you should be shooting for. Just to give yourself that, you know, that reboot so you can go through your day. And then rest is a huge is a big issue. Um God showed us, you know, with creating the Sabbath, you know, he worked the six days, and then on the seventh day, he rested as a model for us to use in our lives. Not so we can take Sunday and be like, it's holy, you know. No, it's about taking a day out and actually resting. And not only just resting physically, but also, like, taking that time and going before God. And, like, when you have issues and stuff, you take that time to rest, and you pray and like you just get before the Lord and you get in the Bible and that will just it will rest you like you'll be so rested after that so much more than if you just slept all day so the third pillar is living food like I said earlier we have a lot of food that is really processed processed and enriched and added with a lot of crap Um, Many of the things we consume should not even be labeled food, but rather consumable product. Or edible, but but void of nourishment. So most of the stuff we eat. So we should actually be, what we're eating is living food. Because our bodies are alive. And so the fruits and vegetables, God created them. And they are alive. And they give us the nutrients and the vitamins that our bodies need to give us energy to just vitalize our bodies and just to heal us too. So uh, so the next one is exercise, the fourth pillar. And exercise is essential to prevent bodily stagnation, which is why it's the fourth one. We saw earlier that our bodies are approximately two-thirds water, and this is a quote from Don Colbert's uh, the book, actually. Think of what happens when water sits in a cup, puddle, or pond. It eventually gets covered with slime and gunk, breeds disease, and becomes toxic. That process is similar to what is going on in many people's bodies. On the other hand, when water moves like life thrives, running water is usually fresh water. That is a perfect picture of what exercise does. It refreshes your body and clears it of toxins and cellular garbage, sharpening your mind and giving you strength and energy. So, 
I'm, like I said, we're not talking about going and benching 400 pounds, you know, squatting or running marathons, you know, and running every single day. Not that those are bad, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about simple exercise, like actually just walking 30 minutes a day, like simply, or like at least three times a week. Like you're just constantly actually moving for your body. Um, and also anaerobic is, uh, which is weightlifting or yoga is great. It actually helps can prevent exercise can help prevent cancer, prevents heart attack, disease, improves lymphatic flow, lowers stress, promotes weight loss, helps prevent diabetes and helps to control blood sugar slows the aging process, builds strong bones, improves digestion, promotes good sleep, prevents colds and flu, and the list goes on. Just exercise. It's simple, but we don't get it. So, what is, um, what is yoga? What do you mean by yoga? Yoga is not specifically, when I mean yoga, um, is not like meditation and like the weird... Like, it's actual the act of stretching in, like, the way they do it is actually very beneficial to you. Or Pilates or, you know, like, weightlifting. Those are great for your body. So it's not the the weird, like, you know, you know, thing. <laughs> so it's not that. <laughs> it's the actual act of the exercise. So, like, it's a lot of stretchings. And after you do it... Uh, it hurts. Like I've done it a couple times, and I'm like, this is nothing. And then afterwards, I'm like, oh. <laughs> okay, so. Okay, so the next pillar is detoxifying, um, and why this is important is because we're eating all this processed food, and we have chemicals in almost everything we use in our laundry soap, in our shampoo, in our conditioner, in our lotions. Um, our body is filled with toxins, and those toxins build up, and that's those cause cancer. Um, so it's really important to detoxify. Um, and one of the simple ways we can do this is by fasting, which is a spiritual discipline. And I think God created that knowing that it's going to cleanse your body too, as well as your spirit. Um, and so we don't do that at all. And a good model, they usually say, is like once in the fall and um, once in the spring. You should do some sort of maybe longer detox, but... I think even fasting maybe one day a month where you're doing a juice fast or just all fruits and vegetables one day, that's, I mean, that'll clear your body of toxins and you'll have way lower risk for disease. Um, supplementing. So it's, they've tested vegetables um, now in comparison to even like 15 years ago, and probably because the way we're farming because the chemicals that are seeping into the soil, yeah, like the, actual, the actual vegetables have less nutrients nowadays than they have before. Um, and then we're, we barely eat anything raw. We cook it all, um, and we don't eat enough fruits and vegetables. It's really hard to eat how much they tell you you should be eating. So you should supplement, and what do you need? So a basic uh, multivitamin, and then the other thing that they recommend is that you take some sort of fish oil or flax oil, something that has omega-3s in it, because we don't get those enough of those from our diet either. And the last pillar is coping with stress. And John, you had mentioned this, you know, the stress in your life. Because you do. You have work. You get stressed at work. You get stressed at home. You get stressed all these places because we just busy our schedules. Um, And one of the things that will help with this, like I said, with the rest, um, the rest is essential for the coping with the stress. 
when you give your body the time it needs to actually rest and the sleep it needs, you will be a lot less stressed, first of all. Stress, though, um, like you can say the health thing, like there's practical usages, like even just breathing correctly. Because most people don't actually breathe correctly. And it's using your diaphragm. So you breathe in. Simple. Breathe in, breathe out. And uh, if you want to know about how to learn how to do that, you can ask me later. But um, it's really simple. But when it comes down to it, you can do all these good things to relieve the stress in your life, and they're all good. But what it comes down to is really taking them before God. When you're stressed out and you have that situation, you take that before God. You go to God in prayer, right then, right there, and say, God, this is you. Like, you got to take care of this because I can't. Like, this is too much for me to handle. And look to God. And, like, this has been a big thing in my life recently, is just taking, like, the stresses in my life and being like, God, you are in control. You know, you are the one in charge. And, like, it has just taken my stress level from here all the way down to here. And it's just been amazing just the amount, like, how I feel better with just that. So. Okay, so that's just a little picture of the seven pillars of health. So what we're going to... Um, be offering next semester hopefully we're working on getting this is a seven week um, more in-depth study on each one of these Don Colbert actually has a program for churches that's a DVD program um, so you guys can be looking forward to that and learning like how to t- how to actually learn more about these things and how to actually integrate them into your life the other thing we wanted to say is that like if this affected you at all and you're like I need to make changes now what can I do me and John, like, we're here for you guys to come and ask questions. And I um, actually am a certified personal trainer, so if you need help with exercise or something, I mean, we're willing to do that for you because we're very passionate about it. Um, and then the other thing we're going to start working on is doing some sort of Village Church Men's Weight Loss Challenge thing with prizes. So um, be on the lookout for that, too. So that's some opportunity to give you to motivation. Actually, yeah, put this into Okay, so practice. at this point, does anyone have questions? Any questions at all? Statements you'd like to make? No? Nothing? I think that uh, our society, I think, it's, I think it makes sense to eat healthily. There's no doubt about that. But I think it's a, a difficult thing to do in our society because I think over the course of time, our sugar load has increased so dramatically that our bodies can't handle it. And for many people, organs, such as the pancreas, become overloaded. And they can't compensate for the amount of sugar, glucose, fructose, lactose, uh, the many different types of sugars coming in through the various food products. It's been said that in the turn of the 19th century, we ingested about five pounds of sugar. Everybody in this room this year will ingest 150 pounds of sugar. Yeah. Pure sugar, basically. Uh, and and many, much of that has come in through the processing of food, like you did say, through high fructose corn syrup, uh, primarily. Uh, that's where we get a lot of the sugar from because it's cheap. Yeah, mass produced, uh, cheap. <laughs> but many times I, I would have to say that people have obesity problems because of an underlying uh, inability. To process sugar. Yeah, that's and, a, it can uh, be a big if thing. If insulin, if every time they get glucose or sugar coming in, their body says, well, we need a little more insulin, but then you get to the point where you're overproducing insulin, you become what's called hyperinsulinemic, then your body says, well, 
we really don't need all this sugar coming in from yeah. energy. Let's just store it as fat. Yeah. They just keep storing it as fat. So uh, I think there's some underlying issues there, but um, eating healthily and having a balanced diet, I'm not so certain that I go into the whole FDA balanced pyramid yeah. thing. I think that's wrong because yep. I, I actually think that there's a big emphasis on carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. But when you look at carbohydrates in general, they're sugar. And so, yeah. you know, trying to keep away from the sugars and concentrating more on healthy fats and healthy healthy protein. People don't want to hear about fats because we're so indoctrinated into not eating fat that uh, uh, we think we should have any. But there's lots of good healthy fats, lots of good healthy uh, vegetables and, yeah. and, and olive oils and avocados and things like that that are, that are healthy in fats. Uh, but you know, we our bodies are certainly a large proportion of fluid and water, but we're also a large proportion of protein. So we have to have enough protein coming in to maintain that protein structure because that's what's burning calories. So if we're going to burn calories, we have to have enough protein coming in to sustain that. But yet, if our body has too much um, sugar coming in. It's an overload, and we won't be able to do it, so we'll just transfer it. So yeah. Some of those things, I think, uh, it's hard for people to understand that uh, they try to eat healthy. They think, well, I'm eating healthy. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to eat the, the right things, but the body just can't handle it. Yeah, and it's really true, like with the sugar, you know, we ingest so much more sugar. It's also about what kind of sugar you actually ingest, because like if you have evaporated cane juice, and actually your body reacts much differently than refined, bleached white sugar so and like just like there's agave nectars there's other kind of sweeteners that are so much better and have so much lower like glycemic index so i think too when we talk about protein real quick i know like most people i talk to they initially think meat and like a lot of your protein should be coming from vegetables we eat like carnivores but we're actually created as omnivores with the capability of eating some meat but it's like the Most of us, yeah, our meat mean? is this big, and our vegetables are this big. So you can get a lot of proteins from vegetables as well. So, um, my boss goes out to eat every day, and I join him maybe a couple times a week. You know, sociable and yeah. build a relationship. Oh yeah. And things like that. <coughs> um, you know, what guidelines can you give us for going out to eat? What should we you know, try to do? Or well, where do you eat? Well, <laughs> just I mean that's the sometimes it's a more fast food. Other times it's a sit down place. Okay. Um. Well, do you have access to the internet? Uh. Yeah. Okay. So nowadays you can look up almost any restaurant and find what to eat there and what not to eat there. Any fast food restaurant. If you have a phone that you can download apps, there's tons of apps. It's like eat this and that, eat this, not that when you go out. And so usually I'll use that, so I'll look up, okay, this is the healthiest thing on the menu, so that's what I'll get. And so that's just what you have. I mean, you can't avoid eating out, and the hard thing about eating out is you don't know what's actually in the food, but um, you can make, like, it's just making the best choice wherever you are. And, like, Bethany and I will do, like, when, we're, when we do, like, eat really healthy, we will take one, like, night... And we'll make that like a cheat night. So you can have like that cheat night. But that can't be like the entire like, oh, I'm going to have another cheat night. Oh, I'm going to have another cheat night. You know, like you can't just tell yourself that. you got to cut it off and only have like one. Because it's not, it's not bad to just have some. But like really just watching overall what you're eating, you know, if you're consistently doing it, you know. So 
the Livestrong app, if you have any kind of smartphone, I would not eat out in a restaurant without looking on that app. <coughs> it tells you how much everything is in every food that almost every restaurant on the planet nice. offers. And anything you buy, even like the weird like ethnic aisles in your grocery stores, it'll have every single food you can possibly get. That's know. awesome. And so I I uh, spent a month and I didn't eat anything else that was on the Livestrong app. And I totally realized, I was taking in four to 5,000 calories a day, not even realizing it. And uh, it totally changed the way I eat and go all. So if you have any kind of smartphone, go strong. And anything you search, it will come out. Uh, What's the name of it? Live Strong. Live Strong. <laughs> awesome. Any more questions? Comments? Concerns? Nothing? So Mark, you'll come up. Well, I do have one question. Yeah, thanks. Um, that chart that you showed at the very beginning that uh, indicated a five point or a five foot nine inch person mm -hmm. and how much uh, body mass was that male or female? Um, that was that probably was male. Yeah, I'm guessing because it was from the Center of Disease Control. It's not for it's only for, not for both. It was for right. <laughs> yes, male and female need different ranges of body fat. Women are created with more, so we're supposed to have a higher percentage, and that's for like um, childbearing and all that stuff. We need more body fat, and men need less. So there's different ranges, um, and those you can all you can figure that stuff out on CenterForDiseaseControl.com. And you can just look up, how do I calculate my BMI? And then there will be charts online you can find that will tell you if you're in the healthy range or not. Or I can do that for you, too, because I have all that stuff at home. So. All right. All right. All right. I just wanted to... Um